0: Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original language as a guide. Today we are in Joshua chapter 9, reading from the New King James Version Bible. Now remember, if you don't own that Bible, you can go on Blue Letter Bible app or Bible Hub and you can find that Bible for free. So if you don't have it, there are ways to find it. Okay, and without any further ado, I pray Father God opens our eyes, ears, and hearts to His truth, and let's begin. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> let's start in verse 1. And it came to pass when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland, and in all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua in Israel with one accord. (laughs) Because here's Joshua and the Israelites coming into the land, and those being invaded, of course, are going to fight back. Verse 3. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. So they're trying to look like they're not those inhabitants of the land. They're trying to look like they're from a far and distant place. Because, if you remember, the people in the land needed to be completely destroyed. But the people who were far off, you could make a treaty with them and bring them under subjection, to the Israelites. Do you remember reading that back in the Torah? The people far off, as long as they would um, be subject to you, you could make an agreement with them. You could have a treaty of peace with them. But those within the land, you could not. Now remember, this is a spiritual application to your own life. Those who are very dear and near to you, if they don't come, um, if they don't come into the covenant of Yahweh, if they don't start obeying Torah, Yahweh will have you um break fellowship with them. They are going to be pushed out of the land of that place with you because they're the ones who can lead you to sin more easily. They will entice you to sin. This does not mean the marriage covenant. That is completely different. But the Bible talks about even if it's your mother, father, brother, son, daughter, do not turn a blind eye to them. Do not have um pity them. And that's in the Torah. We read that. Go back and find it if you can't. And if you can't, message me and I'll find the verse for you. <laughs> But those people who are afar off, so they're not close-kin to you, as long as they submit to the basic requirements, remember, then you can make a treaty. For example, this would be a work relationship. If you have an employee, which I did, who did not obey Torah, but they agreed to not bring shellfish, GMO, well, for me, um, shellfish, GMOs, pork, we didn't work on the Sabbath, nothing could be done on the Sabbath, for my restaurant or my stores at the location, nothing I mean, so they had to come into those basic tenants. now, notice they're not my family they're not close friends they're not somebody that um was within my inner circle who was fighting Yahweh and would entice me to sin. These are people who they're like I guess the word servant, I hate that word there. I like to be a servant, but I don't want to call other people my servants. But they're not like your close friends, family, who would entice you to sin. These are people who, as long as they come under the rules that you enforce, even if they don't fully serve Yahweh, you can have a peace with them. You're always trying to share with them and fish for them. So hopefully they come to the body of Messiah, which actually some of my employees did, because I don't stay silent. And there was a few of them who did come to Torah, which, awesome, praise Yahweh. So... Go back and read those things if you don't remember, but that's what—that's why these Gibeonites did this, because only the inner inhabitants of that land are getting destroyed, the thing which inhabits that, that um, promised land. Now, this is also a picture of sin. You have to get all the sin out <laughs> and stuff like that. And no, we don't make covenants with any form of sin. So remember, that which is dwelling in the land is also full of sin, but the agreement part, I believe... Well, I know what Yahweh told me was that this is like, like my family, I had to break away from those who fought Torah because they continually tried to entice me to, they wanted me to come to their birthday parties, their Christmas celebrations, their um, Easter dinners. And they wanted me to go to Sunday church with them, but I I couldn't do it. And what Yahweh showed me, they were occupying that place of the, of that inner circle, that the, the Holy Land, the promised land, so to speak. And I needed to put them out because they needed to get outside and feel their shame. If that makes sense, if not, message me. <laughs> Sometimes, I don't always. Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts going on in this brain. I think it would scare many people. I have like 15,000 at the same time going through. <laughs> anyway, okay. Let's go back to verse 6. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel... We have come from a far country, now therefore make a covenant with us. And of course, according to Joshua, they would think like, okay, we could do that as long as they follow these certain tenets and they come under these rules, they don't fight us and they don't make us stop doing Torah, then they're fine. Verse 7, then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? So at first, there's the Holy Spirit probably convicting them. Maybe, maybe you're with us. So here's the little voice. Verse 8. But they said to Joshua, we are your servants. And Joshua said to them, who are you and where do you come from? So they said to him, from a very far country your servants have come. <laughs> they don't even give the name. Because of the name of Yahweh your Elohim. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan. To Sihon king of Heshbon and Og king of Bashan who was at Asheroth. That word Asherah is the same root word as Easter, okay? Asherah is a pagan goddess. We are commanded to do nothing with her. This town was named after her. And Easter, Esther, comes from that word. Therefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey, and go and meet them, and say to them, We are your servants. Now therefore make a covenant with us. This bread of ours we took hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to you, to come to you. But now look, it's dry and moldy. And these wineskins, which we filled, were new, and see, they are torn. And these, our garments and our sandals, have become old because of the very long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of Yahweh. Have you ever made a decision and just said yes or no speedily without asking counsel of Yahweh? My hand is raised so high right now <laughs> because I'm the number one guilty person of doing this. What I have asked the Father to do to me is remind me in the moment to pause and say, I will get back to you. And, and then what, what I do is I take that moment to pray and ask Yahweh of his counsel. Then I can come back to them with a more appropriate answer. But when we just think we understand a situation, we're often missing greater details, such as these men were. Verse 15. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. So they made an oath. It's unchanging. And you're going to see later, if, as we get to the story of Saul, when Saul breaks the covenant with these people, there is a drought, a, pl- um, a plague, which hits the land. And it's told to David And David has to make reparation for it before Yahweh lifts that curse. So be careful. Your words are binding. You think they're not, but they are. Be careful what we say a little tongue. Verse 16. And it happened at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with him that they heard they were their neighbors who dwelt among them. Because, of course, they're going to have to tell them, right? They're going to have to tell them who they are so they don't kill them. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Shephirah, Be'irot, and Kiraf Shayim, And the children of Israel did not attack them, because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Yahweh Elohim of Israel. And all the congregation complained against the rulers, because the people were like, hey, why did you do this? Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by Yahweh Elohim of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we shall do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them. And the rulers said to them, Let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation, as the rulers had promised them. So they became their servants. Verse 22, Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you, when you dwell near us? Now therefore you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my Elohim. So the answer, Joshua said, because your servants were clearly told that Yahweh or Elohim commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing. And now here we are in your hands. Do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. So he did to them and he delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation for the altar of Yahweh in the place which he would choose even to this day. So may we pause before we make decisions and ask Yahweh for his counsel and his wise guidance because he sees that which we can't see. And you all have a super blessed day. Shalom.